Hey everybody, Dunn here. Uh, on the run with beards and Dunn, short the beards. He's, he's uh, not available again this week. You know, last week I mentioned uh, he was having some trouble with his knee. And unfortunately, yeah, he's in the hospital. He had to have uh, some uh, surgery on his, uh, I guess, I don't know which one's his bad knee. One of his knees are both bad. And he's got a heck of an infection in there. And so they did some surgery on Friday. They're keeping him in loading him up with some big-time antibiotics. So I know he'd probably appreciate a note, you know, message him on Facebook or uh, dick at dickbeardsley.com. Send him a, thinking of you, Dick, uh, keeping you in our thoughts and prayers. I'm sure he'd appreciate it. So for this week's episode, we went back and we selected about nine or so stories from the first 14 episodes that we enjoyed, and we hope you'd like to hear them one more time, kind of the best of in, in some of our minds. And so I hope you take some time to sit back and enjoy uh, some of the old stories that we've already uh, told you, but you might have forgotten. I uh, hope you have a great day, and we'll talk to you real soon. We've all been together now for two, three years, and sitting in the back is this guy <laughs> that we didn't even know who, you know, really what he, we didn't know what you looked like. No. We've never seen a photo of you before, but... You know, I was sitting up in the front row and we were all jabbering away. And somebody goes, yeah, that's that's Beardsley back there. And I, I kind of looked over my sh- I think we all kind of at one time all turned and looked at you. Yeah, I was sitting by myself <laughs> yeah. in the corner. And, and you know, and we thought, well, yeah, he looks he looks like he's fit. You know, sort of thing. And, and nobody really, you know, it's not like I feel bad. It's not like any one of us went back there and said, hey, why don't you come up, sit in the front row with us? No, not one of you did. No, we did it. We were too <laughs> self. We were all just having fun seeing our old buddies. Our right. Old I don't blame you. And so, um, and so Undy went through his little talk, you know, and I can't remember what he said, but he, he gave us out our workouts and, and uh, you know, told us here's your race schedules and, and, you know, kind of talked about, I have, I have no memory after that of what he did. But the meeting was kind of rolling to an end. I'm sure you were introduced and probably stood up and waved or something like that. And every, and the and everybody kind of was like, okay, well, we'll see you. We're going to be running out of Brown Hall tomorrow morning, like we always did at 6.30 in the morning. And, and everybody gathered there. We'll see you then. And I thought, well, I'm going to go back and see this Beardsley guy and just kind of welcome him on the team. And I turned around and... You were gone. I mean, I, I don't, don't remember that. Oh my gosh. It's like the door. All we saw was the door <laughs> flapping in the wind. It's like you booked out of there so fast. And I kind of hightailed it out of there and I caught you on that hypercenter. You remember that big clock, that digital clock? Yes. Was like really futuristic in the 1970s. Right underneath that big digital clock, you're about ready to d- head down the steps there. And I go, hey, Beardsley. And you stopped. I go, hey, Beards, I'm Mike Dunlap. And I, we shook hands and. And I, you know, I kind of don't remember everything, but I said, Dick, we're really happy to have you on the team. We're looking forward to, you know, running with you. Because I wanted you to know, you know, because I put myself in your place. I thought, man, to be the new guy here. Right. No, no one. And we're all up there slapping each other on the back, you know, high-fiving each other because we're all old buddies getting back together again. And and so when you had disappeared like that, I felt kind of bad about it. It's like, oh, And it shit. felt, it, it did feel a little awkward for me. I felt out of place just because... I didn't know anybody, and and again, like you were saying earlier, Don. You know, these are all guys we haven't, you know, teammates we hadn't seen probably all summer, or well, most of yeah, them, and they, then all of a sudden we're getting back and we're, you know, talking about things we did during the summer, and and I'm the new kid on the block, and and I'm not one that, you know, I'm still this way. I'm not one that'll go up and hey, hey, you know who I am? I'm Dick Beardsley. I'm just not one of those no, kind of you, people. No, you didn't take it up. You weren't assertive. Like, no. Gee, what a shocker. A distance runner who's not assertive. <laughs> I mean, Prefontaine was the only assertive runner right. I've ever heard of in my life. So, you know, Dick's like, 
and and that's probably maybe why we kind of like, well, we're not going to make a big thing about this. We don't want to make the guy feel like he's some, some weirdo. But I have to admit, when you disappeared that quick, I ran out. <laughs> I, so I wanted to find you before you dis- you know went back to your dorm or whatever. And, and I'm glad we did because then we had a little chance to at least connect. And, and I probably said, and you probably said, yep, see you tomorrow morning. We'll, we'll go for that run. And then I don't know if you want to go the rest of that later that day. So, you know, the first day of college is, or two, it's registration. There's no classes. No. So it's really very relaxed. Everybody's milling around campus. People are kind of making, you know, seeing their old classmates. And, you know, we're always looking for girls. You know, the girls <laughs> are looking for boys. And and um, so we did that run that first morning. And, and uh, I, we have some photos I'm going to be posting on our website um, how we got, I don't remember who the photographer was. It might've been that gal who took our picture running in Brookings, but we had a photographer out there just taking some shots for the school paper of right. the SDSU cross country team, you know, getting their early season workouts in. And it's some, it's some pretty good shots of a huge group of guys running down the road and you're in there and I'm in there. And, uh, and, um, so later that morning or that day, my girlfriend, who's not my wife, Karen, we're, we're just, I don't even remember. We we're driving downtown for some reason, maybe to go have lunch or something. And who do we see walking down the sidewalk <laughs> heading downtown? Cause the campus sits on the edge, the Northeast side of the, the city of Brookings. And, and it's about a mile or two down to downtown. We see, I go look at that. looks like Dick Beardsley walking down the sidewalk. <laughs> so I, I, I ease the car over to the side where, you know, along the curb and, and Dick kind of looked like, who is this? You know, and, and my girlfriend, wife, Karen, rolled down the window. I go, hey, Beardsley. I said, what are you doing? And he goes, <laughs> he goes, well, I just going downtown. He says, I got to buy some pencils. <laughs> and I said, and I'm thinking pencils, all right. I said, he probably needs a pencil. I said, well, well hop in. I said, we'll give you a lift. And he goes, oh, no, no, no. He said, you guys are out having fun. I don't want to, you know, interrupt or, you know, interfere in your, right. whatever you guys are doing. And I, I quote, I, I said, shut up and get in the car, <laughs> you know, cause it was like, Oh, come on beers, get in the car. And like, as I tell people to this day, he got in the car and he never got out. <laughs> He's still in our car with us. But anyway, beard slid in my wife, Karen sitting in between. And here's the three musketeers from that point on. And I don't remember, but from that moment, we bonded at that point. And yeah, we pretty much we, have been well best done. friends. We ever. did. And, and uh, there, we noticed, and you mentioned the plane was a four-seater, and the pilot, you, Don Lee, the assistant coach, a grad assistant, and there was an empty seat. Right. And so we said to Undy, we go, well, look, there's an empty seat that's already been paid for. We should, and I kind of said, you know, I think one of us seniors... <laughs> Should get to fly back, you know. So yeah, the senior name Mike the seniors, Dunlap. You know, yeah, well, there were only three seniors on the team that year. Oh, there were four, and 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 all the rest of the teams and the girls' team was with us. They're all like, "Yeah, no, that's not right. We're not just letting the senior, some senior, fly back." And so we said, "Well, let's, you know, the only fair thing to do is let's draw straws." Or we had cards. We always played cards, so let's draw cards. And the high card will get the seat and get to go back. Right, you know, be back in that afternoon. You know, a couple hours, you'll be back in Brookings, where the rest of us will be not even halfway home on the van ride. And uh, I'm thinking, oh, man, my girlfriend, Karen, and Dick was dating his first wife, Mary, at this time. And so our girlfriends were waiting. In fact, they're going to be picking Dick up at the airport because they knew he was flying back. And I'm thinking, I got to get on that plane. And uh, (laughs) and so we started shuffling cards. And everybody's starting. And we said, well, what if two people draw aces? Well, 
Ken Cesadlo, who's the smartest guy on the team, he had this hierarchy like, you know, hearts beats diamonds, diamonds beat spades, club, ace of club wins, you know, if, if there's two aces. And Don, weren't you, be, before we even started Oh, I was cards, offering money. Yes. I was offering money. I said, look, <laughs> if anybody buy, gets the, wins this, I will pay you. And I, I was thinking how much money I had in my checking account. I had 50 bucks. I said, I'll pay you $50. Right. I'll pay $50 for anybody who wins this because I'm not feeling that confident. And some of the girls, I remember very, I think they didn't care. They go, yeah, Mike, I'll, $50, I'll send you my, if I win it, I'll sell it. Some of the guys were like, no way, I want to get right. back too. And, nobody, and I was like, oh man. So I grabbed a card. Everybody's flipping their cards over finally. And, and somebody had like the ace of diamonds. And I can't even remember who it was. And they all said, well, and the only thing you could win was ace of spades. And, they and the only one that hadn't flipped their card yet was, was me. done. Because I was saying, I want... And everybody was gathered around, and I t- and they're looking. I turn my card over, and it's the Ace of Spades. Oh my god! And Dick and I grabbed, we jumped, we were hugging like little schoolgirls, jumping up and down. We were. And every and, oh man, we were high fiving. Oh, they were kicking. Everybody dirt. else they could not spitting. believe it. Well, I wanted it so bad. I was like the last guy they wanted to get it. Now, that, I shouldn't say We all loved each other and everybody got along. But, no, you know, but they didn't want you to get it because they knew you and I were such good buds. <laughs> they did. It's almost like, well, God, those guys are making us sick. You know, all they do is hang out together with their girlfriends. And I got the freaking flight. And we got on the flight. I had a smile, the biggest smile on my face. Oh. We, ran like, we didn't run that great, but we didn't care that day. We were getting no. on a plane and flying home and... And Beards, I, you want to say how we enjoyed that flight? Well, wasn't it? Did Do you we remember a, it? Well, kind of. Did we have a little bit of a problem at one point oh, or something? All I remember is that sucker took off, and it, the guy was a great pilot, I guess. We flew into a cloud bank, and I couldn't see nothing except white. It looked like you're inside of a, a, a cotton ball. And it's a single prop, little airplane. And I just remember I've never been in a single, I've been in jets, you know, commercial flights. This thing just rocked back and forth like a rowboat, like a canoe. It's like canoeing. You're never feeling really that secure in a canoe. Well, in a single prop airplane, I was about ready to puke. I mean, I was like, I couldn't see. The plane's rocking. It was nasty. We're flying flying straight into the ground. I don't know. I just remember I put my coat up over my head. That was scary, Don. It It was a scary flight. Anyway, we buzzed the stadium as the Hobo Day football homecoming game was ending, and we landed – our girlfriends pick us up. I even have a picture of me getting out of the plane that my girlfriend took <laughs> care of, my wife took. And we then go, great. We head back to our dorms. Our girlfriends, we're, we're making plans for the evening. Well, Dick and I, we have to go for a run. You know, we're home in the afternoon and it's early and we've only run, we ran the race this morning. So we go off for an easy five mile run. Told our girlfriends, we're going to order pizza. We'll be over to the dorm like at seven, six o'clock, six through, we'll order pizza. And we, so we went out and did our easy five. So, okay, we got 15 miles in for the day. And we have to do a 20-miler the next day on Sunday. And so we, we hang out with our girlfriends, and we started playing board games, the game of life. I remember we played the yeah. game of life. We ordered pizza from George's Pizza, which is a traditional pizza place. They cut the pizzas into squares. Right. I've seen that great anywhere pizza. else. Except, oh, great pizza, but they don't cut them into, like, pizza pies. Triangles. They cut them, yeah, they don't cut them into triangles. They cut them into squares. But hey, we're in pizza. It's like midnight, one o'clock, two o'clock. We're just hanging out with our girlfriends. And finally, it's starting to catch up with us. And we're in the girl's dorm. And you're not supposed to be in the girl's dorm after midnight. So (laughs) what you do, you'd you'd look down the hallway. Your girlfriend would look down the hallway and go, yeah, it's clear. 
And the guys are booked to the fire Sprint. escape. And you hear the, oh, yeah, because you didn't want the girls getting in trouble for boys being in the room. They'd get rid up or something. And you hear the fire doors boom open as the boys <laughs> would run out of there. And, and, so, and so Dick and I leave. Or we get out of there. It's like 3 in the morning. Yes. I'm not exaggerating. We're going, man, we got to, I'm tired. And you said, me too. And we go, well, let's get back to our rooms, get some sleep, and we'll go for a 20-miler tomorrow because that was on our training plan. And and so we're leaving is we could walk through campus together. And then your camp, your dorm is on the west side. Yes. Mine is on the south side. And we had to split. It's like, oh, Beards, I'll see you tomorrow. We'll, we'll I'll, you know, well, let's run it like noon or something. We'll do our 20 miler. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then about, and Beards, I swear, I don't remember if it was you or me, but we got about 50 yards apart. And one of us turned to the other and go, It was hey. me. And you go, I- done. Let's just do it now. And then we can <laughs> sleep all day tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm thinking, that's a great idea. We're awake. It's like 3, 3.30 in the morning. It's cool. Yeah. And, you know, I, well, let's just go do a 20-miler. We'll get it done. We'll be done by like 6, 6.30. And then we've got, we don't have to run tomorrow. We've got our work done. It's already right. Sunday anyway. So I go, okay, Beards, I'm heading over to, I'm going to get my stuff. I'll meet you at your room. And he goes, all right. So I run, I head to my dorm, grab, throw a bunch of my dry, some clean shorts, <laughs> and my socks, my running shoes. Head all the way across campus. Dick's in his dorm room now. Getting looking for his a dry pair of socks or something that he could wear. So I get to the room and and I, I'm gonna well, I'm gonna change into my running stuff and and Dick's changing and Dick, do you want to take it from there? So so Mike and I are in my dorm room and you know it's dark out and I uh, I had he's got my, a room to I didn't have my shades yeah. pulled down or nothing like that. So ground any, floor ground ground floor. floor. So anyhow, Mikey and I or Dunn and I are we're we're getting dressed. So we're standing there. We're both buck naked, you know, looking for our running stuff. And, and I, happened, I happened to grab a jar of Vaseline. <laughs> Why would you grab that jar of well, Vaseline, because I was going to lube my toes up or something. I think I yeah. might have had some blisters on them. Well, and well, chafing in the inside of your legs. Right. We usually, and you know. So all of a sudden, like Mike is, Mike is bent over buck naked in front of the window, reaching down to get a pair of socks or something. I'm standing right behind him, buck naked. With a jar of Vaseline <laughs> in my hands. And, we kind and the of, window shades up. With the window shades up. And we both kind of looked and thought, oh my God. <laughs> we went and pulled the window shade down and oh my God. I think you pulled the window shade so hard it pulled the roll yes. off the window. And we had to like put the window shade back on the window. And it's like if anybody had been walking by that window at oh. four in the morning, Hobo Day weekend... This would have made the school paper. Let me just put oh it that way. It was, you know, and I, 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 I'm going to put this on our extras on our website, and I sent it out to some of the, the alumni already. Bob Bartling just loved to get a bunch of runners together and head out to a, an out-of-state road race somewhere. We'd go down to Ames, Iowa, Des Moines, Iowa. We'd go to Kansas City. Uh, we went to Topeka, Kansas, I, I know, two years in a row after cross-country ended to do a marathon with Bob. And uh, Bob would just love loading up a car, runners, good runners, and going to some road race. And so one week after nationals, you, me, Bob, jumped in his Oldsmobile, if I remember right. Yeah. We stopped in Sioux Falls and picked up my old roommate and our old friend, Randy Fisher. And Randy had been training on his own uh, and running quite well. I think, he, you know, he's yes. right around, I think he'd already run about a two. I think he ran 219 uh, at Grandma's in 1980, if I remember right. He got third he place. Did. Yeah. And so this was right before that. And so uh, the four of us headed to Kansas City, Missouri to run to the Schlitz Light 25K. I got to laugh when I think about all the beer companies. Coors did a, I did a Coors Light 10K. 
You oh, and I did the. They all did. Oh, the beer company, Bud Light. You ran it in Rapid City a couple summers in a row. We yes. had our running camp, and we'd always have the Bud Light 10K. And uh, and so <laughs> these beer companies sponsoring heart healthy. Uh, productive sports and all and the so, beer you could drink at the end the of the race at the end. <laughs> but it was a 25k and it was around some uh, park in kansas city and uh we got there the night before i remember driving we were trying to find a hotel and i think we got some pretty shady parts of kansas city if i remember right but bob got us to the hotel and we got out there to the starting line the next day in this park there were like 600 i looked it up the results 604 runners it's it a big race those, back then. Oh, it was uh, it was November 18th, so it was the weekend before Thanksgiving, and um, it was crystal clear morning, sun was shining. I'm guessing around 40, 45 degrees, which is yep. it was uncomfortable at the starting line. It was a little chilly. Say, oh, it was cold, and they always say if you're uncomfortable at the starting line, you're dressed properly because you exactly. know people come out there. Well, we, you and I showed up, and I can't remember. We just had singlets and our racing shorts. We didn't have yeah, our Prairie Strider signets. Yeah, just that. And um, there was an old SDSU alumnus named Bob Busby. And Bob was an outstanding runner for South Dakota State University and gone on. And if I remember correctly, Bob ran a 216 marathon later in his career. Yeah, he was good. College. Oh, he was, he was an outstanding runner, lived in the Kansas City area. And I'd heard a lot about him. He had that South Dakota State marathon record for runners. He had ran a 237 marathon in college. And that was kind of the quote, unofficial school record i don't know if they really even keep a official school record right. for a marathon but he had it and i knew it because we ended up breaking that uh randy fisher and i did a guy named ron amundsen uh ran under that and and so uh, i knew bob busby by rep- his reputation well he was at the race and so as we came up there and bob knew Bo- uh, B- busby and so I, I don't know if he introduced us but we were standing there and this guy had like long winter underwear on he had a turtleneck <laughs> and gloves on you know stocking hat because he's, he's from Kansas City, and I think, you know, 40, 45 degrees is getting down there chilly for those guys. Right. Well, up at Brookings, that's that's a that's a balmy day. I mean, that's a great day to go run. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Do you remember what he said? I, he, well, I remember he he kind of kind of got smart-alecky he and did. said something to us like, oh, look at these boys from the nor- yeah, up north or State. something. Yeah. They think they're you know? so tough. They're yeah, something. that's it. Yeah, they think yeah. they're so tough. Uh, and I don't know about you, Beards, but – I just love when somebody throws kind of a, a little, I wouldn't call it an insult necessarily, no, but, but a, kind of a, a dig. It got you us know? charged up a little oh, bit. Oh, you better believe it. You know, whenever somebody kind of gives you that little disrespect or something, right. it's like, really? You think we're, we're not that tough, huh? And so, <laughs> I mean, I was ready. Man, shoot the gun. You know, let's exactly. Go. Me anyway, too. and so they shot the gun, and I really don't remember a lot of the race. Other than it, was, it was a goddamn hilly road race. Hilly. 20, you, 50, you had to be uh, part Billy Goat to run that course. <laughs> but we had been running hills in yes. preparation for our national cross-country meet all season, even though it didn't look like we had a week earlier. And so, you know, I, I put on our our. our website under extras it, it says we peaked a week too late because exactly you and I, uh we had a good day and i know you took off and you were right at the front i kind of started a little easier and kind of back of the front pack kind of watching there were probably 10 12 guys in front of me and i i just know beards i kind of kept moving up through the field as the race went on and wasn't it it was an out and back course if i remember out and back twice twice out, yes out and back out and back which is it was that it's, you know, they they crammed fifteen and a half miles into this park. Right. That you could really only run about four miles in one direction. Yeah. So you went out and you came back to the starting line and you're half done and then you went out again and back. So you really kind of you had to do all the hills, twice going out, twice coming back. And um, 
I, and I don't, you know, I'm just going to cut to the chase with about a mile or two to go. I'd move myself up into third place. And I could see across this lake. There was a lake in the middle of the park. And yep. You were in the lead. So I, I don't know what happened up for, between the, the, when I lost sight of you and right towards the end of the race. But you were up there dueling with a, a fella that we both Fred knew. Carnahan. Fred Carnahan out of uh, Kearney, Nebraska, and, I believe. And done. I was, I was worried because I had kind of, him and I had kind of broken away. Then I broke away from him. And, you know, you know, back then I had that terrible habit of looking back and, you know, gosh dang it! It seemed like Fred was closing the gap, and and I'm thinking I knew that the the winner got to go to the Schlitz Marathon National Championship, all expenses paid. So I'm thinking, wow, this is amazing! And I'm like, I just I'm talking to myself, I'm talking to the good Lord, please, Lord, just let me get there before <laughs> He does. And and I was fortunate to to win that day, and I think Fred was maybe about 40 seconds back or something yeah. like that. And you guys were about, you were like two minutes ahead of me. He was about a minute ahead of me. So you guys had really distanced us, the rest of the, the lead group, if you would. And I just kind of bided my time. And so when I moved into third and I kept looking and there was nobody behind me, and I was like in that catbird state. I, I couldn't, I didn't have to worry about catching you two guys because I wasn't going to catch you. I knew that sure. because you were too far ahead. And I just had to kind of keep my rhythm and to get to the finish and finish third. And what I just remembered is I was coming into the finish the last two, three miles a lot of the runners were just heading back out to start I their know. second lap. Yes. And, and and they were like very enthusiastic and the people were cheering for, I, I'm sure they cheered for you a ton as you were the leader. But when I came by myself, they were like, hey, you're looking great, great job. You're in third. And they would reach out and high and I'd high five them. Like, you know, if you ever watch at track meets when they take their victory lap and they're all, you know, high fiving everybody in the stands or at the Tour de France after they finish and they're, they're riding back to their bus. They're high fiving people. Well, people are high fiving me. Oh, I was just getting totally jacked. Well, up. and, and done. I... Let me just interrupt for a second. And any listeners that are that, you know, that like to run races and they, and it's a course with an out and back and they think, Oh man, out and back. But man, the feedback you get from the other runners oh, when, when you come back and there's still runners going the other way, it's, it, it it's like having a built in, crowd there to cheer you on it's you know and a lot of times you're thinking you're the only one out there suffering yeah and when you turn around and you know when there's 500 runners or whatever or 100 runners behind you and you see how hard they're working just as hard as you are if not harder you know kind of we're all in this together you know it's it's kind yes. of like free decor and and the fact that you might be going just a little bit faster than they are we're all out there putting in the same effort you know absolutely is just putting in it's going as fast as they can. Well, we finished the race, and you got first. And, and I always said, you got the biggest goddamn trophy I'd ever seen in my life. I swear that he was almost as tall as you are. That Seriously, of all the races I ran before that <laughs> and after that, without doubt, that thing was it was, huge. It, it was like it was per, it was like four feet tall or something well, well, we loaded that up in the car i think <laughs> you, yeah we had a whole bunch of they they gave away a lot of swag as they call it back yes. in the day you know and uh we we raked in randy fisher got 10th so we had three prairie striders in the top 10 finishers of a, a really strong field if there had been a team title we would have oh for it. sure bob finished second in the 50 and over division and I'm not sure how old Bob was at that time, but he was a lot older than 50. He was probably closer to 60 at that yes. time. And so he ran really well. And so the ride back, I always remember, Bob, you're going to have a good time with Bob riding to a race and coming home no matter what. And that was extra good. I remember we stopped at my house. I told, I don't think we, you know, we're going through Sioux Falls. I lived three, four miles off the interstate. 
I wanted my folks. We went to our house just for a quick stop to show them that damn trophy. <laughs> I said, I, I took it in the house. And look at it. Look at a dick one. And it's like, oh my gosh. You know, they'd seen a lot of trophies. Right. And, you know, but nothing like that. And so, and so he put yes. a race on in January called the Frostbite 5, which is well, well named because if Great you're running races. For it. Oh, if you're running in January, there's a chance of frostbite every day. Well, anyway, he put a race on, and I know you had won it in 1978, and I think you might have been the one who told me about it, but you were back that weekend visiting Mary and said, yeah, there's a race in Lumberton, and I thought, gosh, I'm in pretty good shape. I'm gonna, and, and I thought, how am I going to get over there? And you said, Mike, just take my pickup, because you had this old, right. I don't know what kind of, it had three on the tree. That's what I remember. You had to drive yes. a manual, and I knew how to do that. <laughs> so my girlfriend, fiance, future wife, Karen, jumps in with me, and she and I take your pickup truck, drive to Lumberton that morning, and it, the roads were not good. And Icy, got there, snowy. It's a five-mile race, four miles on gravel road. The last mile in Lumberton is kind of on paved road, and they bust you out. Five miles. Right. I think they kind of do that for the wind because, man, if you know, I, I don't know if they took a south of town because I don't know. Yeah, it's wide route. open country. Yeah. You want to make sure you've got a tailwind. If, otherwise, a headwind on a cold fridge. It was cold. So we're riding in this bus, a whole bunch of runners out to the five mile drop off point. And the minute they get there and they say, OK, everybody off the bus, you want that gun <laughs> to go off. I mean, yes, line them up. Yes. Let's go. It's freezing out here. And the road was snow packed. Well, the only reason I'm telling you this story is I, I wasn't sure what, you know, what gee, do I wear my training flats or I had some nice racing flats or lightweight, but no tread on them whatsoever. And then I thought, geez, I even had thrown my track spikes in. <laughs> it's like, wait, wait a minute. It's a road race. It's a road race. It's not a track race or a cross country race, but I'm thinking, Hey, it's gravel road and it's snow pack. So right. I, I lace up my track spikes. Well, first I went out and tried running in my, I, I tried running in my training. I was slip sliding all over the place. And oh I thought, yeah. Man, I, so I, I put on my track spikes and I went out for a little jog real quick before the race started. And it's like, yeah, this works pretty good. No so I, I line up with track spikes on in this road race. <laughs> the only one that had them. Oh, too, definitely the only one doing it. <laughs> Nobody else brought anything with them. I had a bag full of shoes with me on the bus. <laughs> well, anyway, the gun goes off and boom, the first half mile, there's a guy, and I know I found out later it was Paul Mosling, and Paul's a, a fantastic Heck of a runner. runner. Oh, he went on to run a 216 marathon, and he's a physician now, he's a medical right. doctor. And, and I knew Paul by his reputation as he was like a, a, a Division three, I think, All American several times. Just a really good runner, and I thought, uh oh. And I caught up to him at about the half mile mark. And <laughs> and uh, you know you you always kind of take a good deep breath before you you want to talk make talk like you're the guy next to you is you don't want him to know you're hurting at all right so I, I go to hey Paul <clears throat> I said how you doing and he slip sliding I mean you could see every time he'd <laughs> go to step off his foot would slip right. you know and he and he was kind of cussing under his breath <laughs> and I said well have a good run or something and I just <laughs> took off and I tell you I wasn't slipping I had spikes on no. I'm just. And I tell you, I put, I, by the time I got to town, the four mile mark, whatever, I couldn't even see Paul behind me. And I thought, well, this is great. And then I got into town, even though the roads were snow packed, my spikes were like click, clack, click, 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 oh, click, click, on the asphalt. <laughs> and I was thinking, gosh, I'm going to fall. It's like I'm on ice skates here. Well, well yeah, now the... you're just the opposite now oh, with my... those spikes on. <laughs> so I, I, I know I really didn't need them that last month, but I've got to, I got across the finish line and you know, I go in and they had a chili feed and. And I remember Paul, he got second, 
said he, uh, even his folks were there watching the race. I remember they were, he, I went over to him later and just said, Hey, good job or something. And he's just like, yeah, whatever. You know? And I think, <laughs> I think to this day, if I ever talked to him, he's still mad at me for wearing track spikes in a road race. And I had, Mikey, I had a oh, huge advantage, huge advantage. Well, but you know what? That's again, when you get ready for an event like that, you bring everything that might help you and give you an advantage. And you were the one that thought, you know what? I'm going to throw my spikes in just in case. And it paid off. Oh, Bill Winmark, your coach, one of your former coaches yeah. always said, have, you have your toolbox. You know, right. Your toolbox is sometimes it's your sprint. It's your good on the hills. It's your, your great endurance base. I mean, we've got all these tools at our disposal. Well, then there's actually the, the actual physical things like your track spikes or your racing flats or what have you, or, and, and so I just had to throw that in there because I'm probably one of the few runners in the world to ever win a road race with track spikes on. So we're in a tight bunch. We're running along, and we're probably about, I don't know, 17, 18 miles into the race, and we, we come onto this big open boulevard where there, were really, there was no shade, and it was a very warm, sunny day, you know, running in June, a marathon. And so there was a – we're coming up onto a – uh, a person's aid station. It wasn't one that was actually one of the races, but there was this little old lady that had a card table out on the side of the road, and she had a. There was a bunch of sponges on there, and and uh, some were in a bucket, some were just wet sitting on there. So I'm I'm dying of thirst, and I am thirsty. So I slowed down and I reached into the bucket and you know grabbed a sponge. Hmm. Well, I was so thirsty. I put it in my mouth and I just sucked down on it big time and swallowed this big sponge full of soapy water. <laughs> Fierce. She probably brought that bucket of spongy to clean her, her card table off. Before yeah. She, I know, my Lord. I, I'm thinking, did she just wash her car with this thing? <laughs> oh, no. And so within, within about a quarter mile, I've got the biggest gut ache. I cramp <laughs> up and the Japanese, the three Japanese runners... You know, they just, they, they take off and I, I just, there's nothing I can do. And so I finally came to an aid station with about four miles or so left to go. And I got some, you know, real water in a <laughs> cup and drank it down and, and swished my mouth out. I was blowing bubbles for the next half of my <laughs> Training tip, don't drink soapy right. water. Okay. No. Tell people where, where bone steel is, Dick. Yeah. So Bone Steel, South Dakota, most people have probably never heard of it. It's 150 miles southwest of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. <laughs> and it's just on the west side of the Missouri River out there. And honest to goodness, if the wind is from the north and you spit, it'll land in Nebraska. That's how close they are. And it's just a little town of about, I think, 250 people. And in fact, when I first started going out there, all the streets in town, even Main Street, was a dirt road. Wow. Well, then Mary's dad became the mayor. Mm -hmm. He got paid a buck a month for being the <laughs> for being the mayor, but he he got all these grants from the government, and they they paved all the roads in town. They put up a new water tower. They put up a um, a, a swimming you know a, a, a town swimming pool for the kids. Nice. I mean, he really turned that town into something. And and I still go out there you know, twice a year to go fishing and stuff. And I, I, I know everybody out there, so sure. it's, uh, it's, it's kind of fun. You know, and, and we had a great time when you got married then that follow, the week after uh, the Can Canadian Marathon. We, uh, I was in the wedding party, and I was right. really honored by that. And uh, 
we uh, we got out there and you and I started your tradition because I, I kind of <laughs> forgot you just ran a marathon, but man, you had no ill effects because the morning of your marathon, you and I said, well, let's go for a run. And I was training pretty hard. You were right back into it. Maybe it was your first kind of run after your marathon, but we well, didn't. Well, no, you know, Don, you know me. I mean, I'd, I'd, after a marathon, I'd the next morning, I'd go out for about a 45-minute jog, <laughs> maybe an hour the next day. And by the third day, You're good to go. I thought, well, time to start training again. I, know, oh, it's, I, I look back on that now. How stupid was that? <laughs> I don't know. Well, you, you obviously had a... I don't know how to say it, a light stride. I recovered quickly. You did. You recovered awesome. You, you thank your grandparents. I think you inherited some right. genetics there or something. But you and I went out for, I remember we did a 15-mile run the morning of your of your wedding. <laughs> we did. And that was that was so much fun. It was just you and me out in the middle of God darn nowhere. I can't remember. We I think we kind of did an out and back because there weren't that many roads to run we on. We did. We went, we went out on a gravel road. And it was kind of up and down through hills, and we got out about seven, seven and a half, eight miles, and we thought, well, guess we better get back for the wedding. <laughs> That's, all right. Well, we got back, and I think the coolest part of your wedding, well, yeah, it was an awesome day. We had so much fun. But we yeah. got back, and all the groomsmen were meeting at the church, and it was a Catholic church. <laughs> and I just remembered, you know, I was I was pretty, we had ran 15 miles that morning. Right. Your groomsmen of, were some of your old buddies and stuff. We were all there, and, and the Catholic priest he had us in the back room waiting for the festivities, the kind of the service he could start. And he, he had a refrigerator and he opened it up and he goes, boys, he goes, there's going to be a hot one out there today. I don't think they, <laughs> they are, the church was air conditioned. And he opens up the fridge and he pulls out a, like a 12 pack of beer. Right. And he, he has us all, I think it was Miller High Life, if I remember right. I like Miller. Anyway, he cracks them open and we're all sitting back there going, okay. And, and, man, I was, was I was loopy for your wedding, if oh. I remember right. That was that was Father Igo, oh. and uh, he's the one that performed our ceremony, <laughs> and, and and he did. I I'll never forget that, and I think he even had a beer or two with us. <laughs> sure. And yeah, and, uh, yeah that's uh, only in only in Bonesville, South Dakota. And then that night, <laughs> I swear, if there were only two hundred and fifty people in town, they were all at that wedding dance because it was oh. a hootenanny, as they used to say. Done. Oh. It really was. And now you got to remember, Mary's mom came from a she had 15 brothers and sisters oh, and Lord. Mary's dad Ed had 14 brothers and sisters and they all grew up and farmed around that area so just bringing all that family clan in <laughs> is, a couple hundred people right there by yeah the, yeah but oh. I'll tell you I you know back then I loved to dance and wedding dances were a big thing back then they didn't have DJs like they do now you know do you know do you remember the name of our of our band I we don't, had I don't Leo Brodsky and the Elkhorn Valley Boys. <laughs> sounds like a, it sounds like a John Candy movie or something like oh, that. We had so much fun. And then do you remember this, Don? So when the band halfway through, they, they took a little bit of a break. So my best man at the time was a high school buddy of mine, George Ross. And George and I got up there. We The guys in the band said we could use their guitars. We both played the guitar. And we both got up there and sang put another log on the fire and everybody's dancing around. A, I tell you, I, I finally, I was, I got so tired. I got the heck, the party was going on when I left and I'm not sure. I think the Brant boys were there from oh, SDSU yeah. and those guys, they probably closed the place down knowing those two. 
But I did get married May 31st in Spencer, Iowa. And Dick, you were, I, I've always so proud, you were one of my groomsmen. My brothers. Absolutely. My two best friends in the world, Dick Beersley and Al Stropmeyer. And, yep. and Al, you're going to hear about it on another podcast someday. He, he's passed now. And, and uh, Al was just a, a unique individual, very dynamic and had a charisma you couldn't believe. And, yeah, and he was he my did. best training partner. We we're good friends. And, and he was my best man. And, and uh, as Dick and I had started a tradition at his wedding a year earlier, we did a, a run the morning of, your, of his wedding, just him and I. And then, of course, for my wedding, Dick said, hey, we're going for a morning run. And Al was there as my best man. And Al was really in great shape. And, and I was sure. just getting fit and not fit. <laughs> I was just running. I said, look, you guys, right. I'm good for five miles. I can go out running. Yeah. And they go, that's good. You know, we just want to get a run in with you on your day or your wedding. You know, your, your right. last day as a bachelor, you know, and all this. Exactly. So I said, no problem. And I had my stuff and we got loaded up that morning of my wedding. And and I'd never been, I'd been to Spencer, but never really ran around Spencer, Iowa. And so we, Al, Dick and I took off from the hotel, wherever we were standing. And I said, well, I, we'll head south of town. And so we went south and after about a mile, we crossed a bridge, a big river. And then we, we got to the corner and if most runners know, I hate out and back routes. I'd rather do a loop, just see scenery, you know? So we got to the corner and said, well, let's take a right and we'll go another mile. Cause everything's laid out on a grid system. And then we get to that corner. We'll, we'll do like a, a mile out, a quarter mile, four miles around and then back to maybe it's going to be closer to six miles. Okay. I can do that. And we're, we're yeah. going conversational pace. We're not pushing it. Right. We're not racing. We're just out there enjoying our, each other's company and the day it was getting hot. And as we kept going, it was getting hot. I remember that we're We're heading back. So we should be crossing this river. But what we quickly found out, there wasn't a bridge that we could cross the no. river. The road just kind of followed the river. And we said, well, let's go another mile and we'll hit a crossroad. Okay, okay. <laughs> so we go another mile and then we go another mile. And all the ones we realize we're six miles into this run and we, yes. we haven't made the crossing back across the river. Because <laughs> I'm thinking if we cross the river, we will be back to our hotel. Well, little did right. we know, we would have had to go like 10 more miles to cross that darn river. We didn't know that, but I was... It's like six miles. I'm I'm getting to the end of my ra my, yeah. my race. Well, we're just, we stop and we go. Well, what you know? We're looking at our watches. I have to be back for like pictures and stuff like that. Yeah, and you got a wedding got a coming wedding. up. It sounds like a Dick and Dunn, a Beards and Dunn adventure, right? Like usual. And so we're standing there, and, and I go, okay, we got to figure this out. You know, do we stop down, flag down a car, three guys out running? No. <laughs> and Al, I, I just appreciated Al's enthusiasm. He goes, he goes, this river doesn't look that big. He goes, yeah. let's just swim the freaking river. <laughs> he goes, take your shoes off. We'll hold them in the air, and we'll swim. You know, we'll wade until you can't wade. Then just kind of side stroke across. Yeah. And I, and I'm a, I was a lifeguard. I, I said, right. Al, I am not, I am not drowning the morning of my wedding. I said, <laughs> no. I can see the, the paper now. Groom, groom, groom dies morning of wedding exactly. swimming river. So we just made the, the decision. Let's just retrace our tracks, and we did. And we got back, and we, kept, it was a 12 mile run. And oh my I have a gosh. picture. I don't have it. Maybe I'll put it on the website of me laying on the bed in my hotel. I don't know if one of my mom took it or something and i'm like i'm done i'm wiped out that's a good one well, you were toast. i was toast i was dehydrated and, and when really over i hadn't i wasn't in shape to run 12 miles but we did it and now we laugh about it i don't know if i but i i i'm you know we've run a marathon today and we're we've been partying all night and we finally they said hey we're taking a limo back anybody want to go and like you and i are like we're and you had to catch I am not kidding, Beard. It's like a 6.30 a.m. flight. Yeah, early. We get into the hotel room like at midnight, 1 o'clock, and you go, done. I got to get up at like 5. <laughs> and I, I've got to, they're going to take me from a, in a van to the airport. I'm going to try to be quiet and I'll wake you up. And I go, thanks. You know, and you go, uh, hey, um, 
great job. We'll talk after you get home and make, and we'll see how things, he goes, now, when you get up in the morning, if you're hungry, just, you know, order whatever you want. Just sign my name to it. Order room or, service. Order some yeah. room service. Get yourself some food. I go, oh, thanks, Beard. Thanks. I heard nothing, Beards. You left. I would, <laughs> for all I know, you were still in the room, but I got up and it was, I don't know, seven thirty, eight o'clock. And I was, oh, I got out of bed and I'm so stiff and sore from running a marathon. And don't ask me why, but you always did it. I went out for a run. And I tried to run. I'll just call it I pogo sticked because my legs hurt. <laughs> that concrete just pounded me to death. Oh, it does. And I, I suffered through like two or three mile run. Shouldn't have done it. My legs were just no, trash. Nor should I have. <laughs> but anyway, it's what we did. And I get back to the room and I go, I'm going to order room service. I ordered the biggest honking breakfast they had on the menu. It's like 30 bucks <laughs> or something like that. Pancakes, you know, eggs. So this little guy, I get out of the shower finally. I hear the doorbell and it's like, hey, there's wait, you know, waiter or whatever. And, you, and I think, oh, I got to tip this guy, you know. So I reach, I had like two, three dollars. And I thought, I know, I, I'm from South Dakota, but I know you always tip the guy who brings you your food. So he, <laughs> he rolls his food in there. And it's this little, he looks like he's old. He's probably like 50. When you're 25, everybody yeah. who's 50 looks old. Well, he rolls it in there and he goes, uh, here's your food. And he started taking the lids off of things and getting it ready. You know, I'm thinking, oh, that's kind of cool. He goes, so did you run the marathon yesterday? And I said, yes, I did. Yes, I did. He goes, well, good for you. He said, how did you do? And I'm sitting there thinking, holy crap, I have to sign Dick Beardsley's name here. And I go, well, I got second. He goes, you got second? And I go, yeah. And he goes, wow. He said, what? A, that's fantastic. He goes, I just served Mr. Rogers his breakfast. And I said, how's Bill doing? And he goes, oh, he's doing great. He's doing great. Well, I signed Dick Beardsley on the receipt. I hand the guy the three bucks. I close the door and I think, oh my God, I just committed fraud. I said, I'm going to get a rent. I think there's a, a there's like a, 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 what do they call it? A warrant oh. out for me in Texas to this day for impersonating oh a runner. Well, at about 30K, this front came through and the wind started blowing about 20 to 30 miles an hour right in our face. So now all of a sudden, you, up to that point, we're running like 206, 207 pace. So all of a sudden now, this big wind comes through. It's, we're heading right into it. So the two Soul Brothers, they tuck in right behind me. You know, single file behind me. If, it's and, like a bicycle race where the, the, they're drafting right. you. Yeah. They're drafting me. So I'm thinking, okay, that's all right. I'll, you know, I'll go for like a quarter mile and, and then one of them will rotate. take yeah. You know, rotate. And, and that's kind of was the unspoken rule back then, at least in the U.S. And then with a mile or two to go, everybody's on their own. So I go for a quarter mile and those guys are still sucking off my back. I go for a half mile. They're still right there. So I've gone about three quarters of a mile now and I'm bucking the wind and these guys are sucking off my back. So I turn and I motion with my right hand to come around me. Right. And they both... They both shake their head no. <laughs> so yeah, you're I'm doing fine. <laughs> yeah. So then I thought, well, I I can't be, yeah. you know, bucking the wind for them for the rest of this race. So I thought, well, what the heck? So then I started zigzagging back <laughs> and forth on the road, and they kept following me. It's cyclists, if you ever watch a cycling race, they do that. They do the same thing. Yeah. Cyclists and trying so, to kind of lose them. Yeah. Yeah, and and the 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 TV truck. There's two Japanese announcers sitting on this little kind of a bed of a truck with the TV cameras, and I'm I'm weaving back and forth, back and forth, and I hear one of them go, "Ah, busy son, he gone cuckoo." He thought he went nuts, 
And but they they would not they would they just kept following me. So finally, with about about thirty five k, with about five or five little or five k left. Honest to gosh, I I came to a complete stop in the middle of the highway and let them go by me, and then I tucked in behind them. So I tuck in behind them, and the crowds are crazy, and they've all got their little Japanese flags. They're waving <laughs> and they're cheering, and we're just coming into the city limits of Beppu, with about a mile to go. Now at this point. Well, it had started catching up to me with about three miles to go, but by with a mile to go, that race I'd run in Houston three weeks before was catching up with me. No, before you get to the last mile, I remember watching this video, and you forgot one little piece. When you got behind them, they started looking over their shoulders, and they started to weave a little bit, and you... It was so funny. It was just like turnarounds, fair play. You stayed and were snaking behind them. And it was <laughs> I don't kinda remember like, that. Oh, I remember laughing. It's going, Pierce is doing <laughs> the same thing to them, what they did. They wanted you to pass. <laughs> anyway, but eventually you guys. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. If you have any questions for Beards or myself or comments about the show, you can contact us directly on our website, beardsanddonepod.com. Or leave us a comment on our Facebook, Instagram, or X, formerly Twitter, all at Beards and Dunpod. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to hit the like, comment, and subscribe. If you enjoy the podcast and are interested in supporting what we do, merchandise is now available through our website. Well, I hope you all have a great day, and I hope we have Beards back to visit with us again next week. Bye, everybody.